Listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participant's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. So lighten up and enjoy. Stomping Jen. Sawtooth Frank. There you are, sitting over here on a couch once again for another episode of the Soft Serve Podcast. I am very excited. We have musicians. I love musicians. Yeah, me too. I love music. You do? Yes. Great. We've argued before. I have a much better musical taste than you do. <clears throat> a broader I'm not sure that that's true. A broader range of artists I'm not sure that I appreciate. That, I'm not and this sure that that's true. This band that we're going to talk to mm-hmm. is called High Tea. And we're drinking tea, right? We now. are drinking tea. Um, I'm drinking an Assam tea. Right. It's it is not a, a high tea, though. It's not high tea. That's right. the name of the band we're talking right. to. But Assam tea is a multi aromatic, strong tea. Okay. And I'm enjoying it. And we're going to talk to High Tea, who are um, Isabella DeHart and Isaac Elliott. Okay, and we're going to talk more, and we're going to learn all about them. They're going to play us some songs. I like songs. We're going to play a song. This is going to be great. I love it. Many questions for them. Right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. Stomping Jen, I'm back to singing for you again. I think we should let the. I probably shouldn't sing. I know. Because we have actual musicians on the show. That's what I was going to say. Okay. You're just embarrassing yourself now. Well, that's what this is all about, isn't it? That's right. Um, without further ado, let us say hello to our guests. Hi, T. Hello. Hello. What's I think up? your singing is a wonderful. <laughs> I fully support singing. I think you should do a few songs and we will interview you today. Oh, <laughs> oh there we go. I like the way the tables have turned. Flipping <laughs> the script. Yes. Uh, but we uh, are so excited to be here. Um, we're so excited to talk to you guys tonight. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Isabella and Isaac, for joining us. Um, I want to tell folks, um, we were at, uh, where were we? A food truck festival stomping, yeah. Jen? We saw yeah, um, high tea performing and... I was I was captivated by the music. Yes. Um, and I had to go over and introduce myself and ask them to come on the podcast, and they graciously agreed. So um, here they are. So I just wanted to start by asking you both, how are you doing? We are good. It's, what day is it, Thursday? It's almost <laughs> the end of the week. We got shows this weekend. We've been playing out a lot, recording, doing all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so we are good. How are you doing, Isaac? I'm good. I I am I am you know thinking through the 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 things you got to think through to live life. So That's true. 
pushing through, but having learning a good time how to it. live in adulthood as people who have just recently graduated college or for me, you know, moved out of home and, you know, learning how to live life like that, which is a very interesting transition, but we get to do music throughout. So that's our, you know, that's our, well. our yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, so along that lines about just learning a little bit more about you, um, Isabella, you said you just recently graduated from college, um, yes. and you're, you're out there kind of doing the music thing. Anything else you want to tell us about yourself so we can get to that's, know you a little bit more? That is it. You yeah. just, you got my whole existence right there. I just graduated from Wellesley College outside of Boston this past June. Feels like it was lifetimes ago with the pandemic and whatnot, but um, yeah, no, I'm a full-time musician now. I work for a booking agency. I work for an artist management company and I get to write and record with this guy and with my other groups and solo. And it's just been wonderful for that to be my whole life right now. That's um, awesome. And, you know, got my parents down the road, some dogs, stuff like that. So lots of family time, lots of music. That's, that's me. <laughs> that's awesome. Isaac, anything you want to let us know about yourself? Um, I really love music <laughs> um, yeah. what I, yeah, crazy crazy i know um no i uh my my current uh academic path if you could call it that is um uh, an online uh bachelor's in um mental health uh and psychology uh long term i'd love to be a therapist mm -hmm. i don't know if that will come to be for a little bit, uh, I was long-term <laughs> wanting to be a massage therapist, and for a little before that, I was long-term wanting to be a video game designer, and I, <laughs> there's a lot of cool stuff in the world, so yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what true. I'm going towards right now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. If it helps, I'm on my third uh, career pursuit. Yeah, Ooh, podcasting, fantastic. so <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's a signal of a, of a healthy mind. Is, is always trying to find a new pursuit. So mm -hmm. um, when did you both start playing music? Like, when did you get interested in singing and becoming musicians? I remember, I have a very specific <laughs> memory of being, I think, like four or five years old, and my um, parents brought home a little red toy piano. It's one of those ones where the keys don't do much. Mostly you press buttons and it plays songs that are already, you know, uploaded to the piano and you can be like, oh, music, I'm doing it. And I remember having that and it had a version of uh, Let It Be by the Beatles that it would play. And I would listen to that on repeat for hours and hours. And I just remember going, oh, I love this. What is this? What is this thing that's happening to my ears that I'm enjoying so much? And from there, I started violin lessons. It wasn't very good, but, you know, I got roots somewhere. And when we moved out here, I worked with June Millington at the Institute for the Performing or the Institute for the Musical Arts in Goshen, Mass. And she taught me everything I know now about guitar and performance. I met my first band there and just started doing this. And I have not stopped since. So that was my route. <laughs> That's and awesome. I've been um, basically singing since I was tiny. Um, mm -hmm. Singing is my main thing. I like to try to do other things, but I will always constantly return to, to vocal harmony. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky enough to have one of my mom's, like her whole family, just be kind of a barbershop quartet. So I have some memory of being tiny and visiting family and looking up at them kind of just starting to habitually sing together yeah. and having a not dissimilar, um, oh my God, what the fuck is this? Oh yeah, of the moment. <laughs> the air around me is vibrating and, yeah. and if I sing, I can be part of it. Yeah. And that was just incredible. So yeah. I've been in choirs ever Forever. since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know there was. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, 
Music stomping, Jen. <laughs> Do you remember when you fell in love with music? No. Like, you wanted to be in the music industry. I wanted to be in the music business. Yeah. Like, I wanted to discover artists. And yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like, back in the day when, like, the music yeah. industry, like, was a right. thing. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but that never happened yeah. for me. Yeah. So. Do you still love the Beatles, Isabella? You know... I think that, not to go on a tangent, as we get older, we learn things about people we look up to, or musicians or artists, and you learn that, you know, no one's perfect and people make mistakes, to put it lightly. Mm. And I think there are some songs of theirs that I still adore and I love, but, you know, with the art comes the people and comes the things that, Mm -hmm. you know, that you may not agree with about what they do or what music they, you know, co-opt and whatnot. So, you know, to not switch the conversation completely. I do still appreciate their music, but I think there's a lot to unpack there. Mm. Yeah, and the the, yeah. Be- the the Beatles in particular, and people from that era are mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. especially complicated, <laughs> yes, to say to say the least, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. What about you? What about me? What about your? Love? Uh, I remember. I remember the moment I fell in love with music and and like attached myself to a style and a band i you attach yourself yeah let me tell you about this like a leech i walked up the street (laughs) i was 14 or 15 i walked up the street to a friend's house and their uncle gave me a cardboard box full of eight tracks and i had because i had told him oh i just put an eight track in my bedroom Mm -hmm. he's like here take this in that box was pink floyd's animals Mm -hmm. i plugged it in I lay down on my bed and I turned it on and it blew my mind. Mm-hmm, I'd yeah. never heard anything like it before. Yeah. And I fell in love with Pink Floyd. Right. You know, and that's kind of been my desert island band. Yeah. You know, the like I would take, you know, right. probably I got, I got it. You got it? I yeah. got that. Um, I got that reference. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that that was the moment for me though. I remember mm-hmm. it like and I remember being like, I've never heard anything like this in my life. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's one of the things I, I love so much about music is that, like, I, I feel like I've had that moment with, like, so at many least bands. 11 different bands. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, wait, they can, you can do this with yeah. sound too? Yeah. Um, Explosions in the Sky comes to mind. Um, uh, but just like, I don't know. Yeah. Yep. By whom? No, uh, the band, band Explosions in the Sky. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They're like entirely, I mean, they, they like soundtracked uh, Friday Night Lights and oh, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> they're uh, like three guitars and a bass and drums, uh, and it's like entirely instrumental. That's so interesting. 15 minute tracks that are super operatic. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Called things like Your Hand and Mine and First Breath After a Coma. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. yeah. And uh, how did, um, so how did High Tea come together? Tell us a little bit about that. High Tea came together, um, I think, almost out of, not necessity, but out of uh, convenience, convenience yeah. because we've known each other since we were 17, so it feels like a long time. And we met at the Berkeley College of Music um, like summer program, their five-week summer program back in, what, 2016 or something? And though we both played music and, you know, were musical people, we became friends first before, you know, band members. And we knew each other for a long time. And then when the pandemic hit, 
my band at the time was scattered all over and so we weren't going to be able to play and Isaac and I were going to we were like we could just like we could live together we can pot up and we can do this we can make this happen for the first time we had the time and the space to actually put energies toward that so that's what we did we spent the whole summer writing and uh, arranging and recording our first 11 tracks and fully in house yeah fully in our little like two room apartment near my parents house you know just throwing ourselves into learning about each other in a musical sense more than just like as friends and as people in each other's lives Uh, and that's really how it started we haven't looked back we've been playing live now since this summer since it felt safe and you know doing all kinds of things now but it was friends to bandmates if you will (laughs) yeah that's that's amazing because when i saw you performing live you looked like you've been doing this a long time like very well polished it's very appreciated. Yes. I, yeah, I think I think uh, another beautiful thing about music is it just it's like uh, you know you get to hone your craft and then bring whatever progression you've brought to 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 bigger bands. So like mm-hmm. I don't know. I as I said, like I love harmonies. I love vocal harmonies. I really love you know dynamics and 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 building and stuff like that. And like those like these little polished things that like. Like you're an incredible songwriter and lyricist, if if I may, from within. But the then, project. and then you need the person who has the mindset for where the song builds, where the crescendo occurs, you know. And uh, yeah, we both brought our sensibilities that we'd honed in very different ways in very different environments to a new project where we could play yeah. off of each other and work together in a new way. Yeah, that's awesome. That's um, super cool. Now, is there a story behind the selection of your band name, High Tea? I'm a big fan of tea, I, so I'm I am pleased that you selected High Tea. There's there's what the band name means to a few different people. Yeah, right. Because there's yeah. how it was selected, which it's I'm just my mom, <laughs> my mom. Isn't it always the mom? Literally. She. We were trying to because that, that was the first step, right? We were like, okay, we're gonna get together, we're gonna live together, we're gonna make an album what the hell are we called? What are we? What is, what are we? (laughs) Somewhat into making the album. There was some music there, so we had like a vibe to go off. We had a vibe. We had a visual idea. I think that's really where it started is we had this concept of a photo shoot that we ended up doing and bringing to fruition with the amazing um, Kim Gibbons, who's another musician and photographer from the area, where we wanted to take like the idea of a tea party and uh, flip it upside down, kind of like that grungy Alice in Wonderland feel, yeah. and do something a little more like punk with it, but have that air of like a high tea, you know, of that, you know, uh, kind of like a just high society gathering, but with this twist of rock and roll. Yeah. Um, so we had this idea of what we wanted for artwork, but then we hadn't actually put together like tea party, high tea, you know, like connecting the red lines on the wall. Um, but my mom said, what about this? It's an easy thing to remember. It's two quick words. It's not, no one's going to need to really know how to spell it, hopefully. Because uh, sometimes band means you just have no idea what the heck people are saying or how to remember yeah. it or what to Google. And so we were like, this is simple. This is easy. This will go on stickers. And it means, it kind of like encapsulates the feelings around this album and around what we're doing with our music. And I love the duality also just of uh, um, of a high T, um, of uh is substances if you will that are entirely acceptable uh to be consumed uh in yes. most of society and also uh the the little uh fun twist of high tea um <laughs> yes we did say we could just be holding uh, joints yeah. on the front of the album cover <laughs> that was the other idea yeah. Yeah. so that'll be down the road a bit <laughs> yeah and i'm looking at your album cover uh it's for your album hell of a ride 
which I'm mm-hmm. we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, but it's avail it's available on Apple Music. I have it pulled up right here on my iPad on Apple Music. So nice. people, you can go listen to it there. You can buy it there. I subscribe to this um, Apple Music plan, so I had to pay nothing, <laughs> Stomping Jen. So it Ooh. just came right up. Oh, yep. so you're so you're stealing music. No, we no, paid we for, it. for it. It's all <laughs> yes. inclusive. So they're gonna... You brought the people you're stealing it from on podcast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes. Um, so, okay. So I think we should. We've talked a little bit about high tea. We've met Isabella and Isaac. Let's hear some of this music, Stomping okay. Jen. So I'm excited for this. Um, this might be our first live performance on That's the exciting. podcast. Um, I need some scones. Ooh. Okay. So whenever you're whenever you're ready, I'm gonna shut up and. We're going to listen to you now. (laughs) All right. This is a song, a newish song called Over My Skin. Um, It's going to be on our acoustic EP that is coming out hopefully soon if we can pull our shit together. (laughs) Uh, And it is a song I wrote in my last month or so of college, basically about growing up. And I'd like to say it's not only during these times of major transition, like, you know, actually growing up and getting older, but I think we all hit this no matter where you are in life and what age you are. But those points where you're really like, where am I going? Am I going in the right direction? Should I be going off on that road? Should I be trying this? Should I be, you know, changing career paths or something like that? Um, And you have to always come back to that sense of reminding yourself that whatever your path is, it is the right one for you and you will get to where you are meant to be going. me what I dreamed last night I dreamed a brick I dreamed a stone I dreamed of trying to build a life a cabin in the woods I can rest these bones for good holding me just right you ask me when I look far away what I see over yonder, past the hills and family graves My future through the mist, I see all my little list Telling me I'll find my way But I don't know where that means I'm supposed to go I've always been the last one in the past and the changing of the leaves bends its way down onto me Saying there's so many storms left in your path And there's so many storms falling past Ooh, I can't, I can't help it I can't, I can't change these heavy winds Books shelves filled with fables 
heavy leather-bound kind of toe But I don't know I don't know where that means I'm supposed to go I've always been the slowest of the flock And the bending of the grass tells me nothing ever lasts But I believe that every storm rolls on yeah, I believe the roots have grown strong Ooh, I, can't I can't help it Fuck Pink Floyd. (laughs) (laughs) The highest compliment. Oh my goodness. Oh, did we lose? Uh oh. -oh. Did they freeze? I hope it wasn't our internet. Well, we got the whole performance. Maybe they'll come back. Uh oh. Did we lose the internet? Oh, 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 you're, oh, you're there. Oh, we got it. it. We yeah. It. Hello. <laughs> we just, we just, right we just missed um, Isaac's exclamation. Yes. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it was very much a. Uh, it was probably just a very enthusiastic laugh. I've already yeah. forgotten. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get right. another one. Uh, that gave me goosebumps. I got the goosebumps. Oh, the goosebumps. God that was dang ridiculous. it! Ridiculous. Yeah, that's always the goal. So we're glad to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> the goosebumps. <laughs> no, the the biggest for me, like the biggest personal mission of doing music in any public sense is just the progression of uh, my personal agenda, which is <laughs> to get more people to be emotionally vulnerable in public mm-hmm. and or in publicly visible uh, spaces. Yeah. Because um, I think it should be supported. <laughs> mm-hmm. We want yeah. people to cry. So we sing songs. No. <laughs> no, I don't mean to undermine you. I think that's a very oh, important yeah, yeah. goal. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. So about that song, you said you wrote that when you were back in college? Yeah, I wrote that right in the last semester while I was packing up my room and saying, oh, God, what now? You know, the <laughs> existential dread we always face in those kind of moments. Yeah. And I just, you know, it was like, you know, storms are going to happen and the wind's going to want to knock you over sometimes, but you just got to keep believing in your abilities and your strength and, you know, all those good things. Would you say, like, um, where do you draw your um, inspiration from from songs? Is it mm. experiences like that? Are the experiences that you're engaged in your muses, sort of? 
I think easy answer, yes. Less easy answer, it's such a mix, and I'm sure many musicians feel this way. If I just wrote about the things that I've experienced, I think my storytelling would be quite limited since I'm only one soul and going on one path and have only done specific things. So there's like, I we have a song, for instance, about like an old cowboy. I'm like, that's not me, but I'd like to imagine. I like to create these worlds and create these characters. Um when I was little, I used to love to write songs about my favorite TV shows, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or my favorite books. I wrote a lot of songs about The Walking Dead. That was a big one for me. <laughs> but, you know, finding inspiration both for my own, whatever I'm going through, what I see friends and family going through, and then creating worlds and creating characters to tell stories that I might not directly have experience with, but that I want to explore. Well, and I think that, you know, the the, the inspiration isn't necessarily the experience, but it's also just the reflection on, on the concepts gained from it. Like, uh, the thing I love about Old Cowboy is that it essentially poses two characters with um, uh, conflicting worldviews uh, and conflicting ideas of how to deal with the same um, uh, difficulties. You know, one uh, to, to simplify, mm-hmm. one dwells and one doesn't, um, and that's a, unlike a the bad massive, shit they've done in life. Yeah, like that's like the easy way to describe it. Yeah, exactly. But you know, when it comes down to it, like just by living our lives, we will come into contact with space where, you know, our existence is coming in direct, you know, directly in the way of someone else's or, or someone else's, you know, wanted existence. And you confront and, that, yeah. And confronting those emotions, you know, you, you have to have to acknowledge them to some extent. So it's, it's fun to use uh, fantasy to kind of um, explore those kinds of interpersonal or things that you may run into at some point in life. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, some of my favorite songwriters are people who are um, putting themselves in the shoes of others. Right. And like kind of writing, they're being writers, you know, Mm -hmm. about um, other people. Um, Like I love Bruce Springsteen. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, but he didn't grow up in Detroit. Right. But he wrote a whole album about like, um, the poverty and desperation of the Midwest, right? And those songs are just these like bleak stories about all of these individual people, right? Mm-hmm. He's a writer, you know, and he's also an, a great musician. Um, so I love that you, it sounds like you kind of take a um, a storyteller approach to your songwriting. Yeah. The way that I also, I like to think of it, I want to write songs or, you know, my goal is to write songs that see the listeners in a sense, like I never want to be in some songs. I am very specific. Like this is a character named Rosie and she's running away from a town because they think she's a witch, you know, or things that are slightly up to interpretation about how it might make you feel, but the story is quite specific, but other songs, I want to write them in such a way that people who don't have the same experience as me can listen to them and find a piece of themselves within it or can find some connection to something they're going through, though it may not be exactly what they've experienced. They can connect with it and feel those feelings through the music so that's always the goal for me is to write things that will you know uh, be able to be interpreted in many different ways by different people who will listen to it yeah talk to us a little bit about the process of writing a song so you've got you've got an idea you've been hit out of the blue um with some sort of inspiration (laughs) or or you've said i want to write a song about this thing like how do you how do you go about writing a song Oh, God, how do I go about writing a song? I mean, you've seen me do it, so yeah. you might have an outward ex- uh, experience of it. <laughs> I think there are, first of all, to clarify, there are so many different ways to write a song that it's almost a, a disservice to the process to try to describe like 
the way that one writes a song. Um, cause they're just like, like, I don't know. Um, uh, I have written a, a, a bunch of songs in my life that are, that are, you know, you have a whole night and at 3am you start playing on the piano yeah. and some words come out. Yeah. Um, and I've had songs that are, you know, this vague, uh, conceptual idea that doesn't form for three months and then, you know, starts yeah. kind of making sense. And, and, and I think, but I think that no matter what, like, like what I could identify as a single thing mm-hmm. and speak to this from in, internally, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm, this is much more observational. Um, I think there's a, um, uh, desperation is too harsh of a word, <laughs> but, but when a song starts coming out, um, there is a, it. yeah, it's fleeting. There it's is a fleeting a, moment. Exactly. The um, an excitement and energy, uh, and you um, go, Oh shit, that's something right yeah. there. Record it's, that. It's like getting a, um, I, I say this is a vegetarian who doesn't fish, uh, but it's like getting a, a bite on a fishing line <laughs> mm-hmm. and like, like it's that moment of like, Oh, Oh, like what, this what might does be that working. feel like? Guys? I, have, <laughs> I have no fucking clue. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I think you're so right. But I also think what you said before, it's almost like, I'm trying to think of a good analogy here, but it's like some songs, are like a baby where it like grows for nine months and it's painful and difficult. And you're like, is it ever like, what's it going to be? And the long run is it ever going to be what i'm imagining it like uh, for me yeah my songwriting happens in a few different ways sometimes it starts to boil it down to the instrumental sometimes i'll have a guitar lick that i love and i'll say okay i want to build off of this and so i sit with it for a bit and i ruminate on what could fit with it and i always try and make sure that you know um I, I have space for lyrics while I'm writing the music, but usually I'm impatient, so I start I start coming up with melodies on top of it. The other side is when it comes to the writing, because I love writing poetry and writing prose. So sometimes things start with a story where I say I really want to write a story about a, a girl named Heather, and you know a person watching her need to go off into the world and you know find the things that will fulfill her, and not knowing what those things are going to be, maybe be scared for her, but want to let her go, you know. And I say, okay, I want to write about this idea, this experience. What am I going to say, and how do I make it rhyme? That's always the thing: is how does this rhyme? <laughs> but some, but I, I think you've really hit the nail on the head about the beginning experience. No matter where you are, whether it's music, whether it's lyrics, whether it's anything in between, there is this moment of like, I've got something. I got it. I got to capture it. So I have hundreds of voice memos on my phone of just thirty second or even less than that ideas that have yet to come to fruition, but are there and they're waiting for me to come back to them and give them life in a sense. Because you have that moment of like, oh, this will this could be something. I feel it. You know, I feel the the energy moving through it. Which I do think also makes songwriting then a process of the relationship between you and that feeling. Absolutely. You know, trying to not want it so badly that, that it you retreats. Get yourself stuck. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, trying to not grasp for it so desperately that it refuses to be held, um, and just kind of letting something out. It's just while like a also relationship. Noticing that. <laughs> so you honestly. So you can you can try to go after an idea too aggressively and absolutely, and, absolutely. and squash yeah. it and squash it. Yeah. Like a yeah. bug. And I'm sure, yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm sure this is true for so many creatives or just people in general. Anything, when you want something so badly, sometimes you get in your own way. And I go, I need a word that rhymes with whatever, you know, and I, you psych yourself out and you get, either you don't have any ideas or the ideas you come up with feel very rigid. And yeah. that's when you need to say, all right, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to look at it tomorrow yeah. with, a, with fresh eyes, fresh ears, and something will come to me. It's the same feeling as when you forgot what you were going to say and you're 
trying Ooh. to remember it. Yeah. Oh, it's like yeah. if you hold on to it too hard, if you're like seeking it out, like it's it doesn't gone. no. It's gone. No. But in ten minutes you'll be like, Oh yeah. Exactly. Just, if you avocados let it go, or whatever you the can word relax was. into it, exactly. Yeah. You'll remember avocados. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes you make that deliberate decision. Well, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna move on and it will pop back in some mm-hmm. form exactly. like later. Yeah. That's interesting. Can you read and write music? Yes. I... Well, I say yes very boldly. I haven't done it in a while. <laughs> but I went abroad with Berkeley, and I got to really dive into the like side of actual theory. And like, I, I was a jazz major, so I had to do all that stuff, which is good. It informed a lot of my songwriting and just broadened my uh, abilities. Uh, but I don't do it on a day-to-day basis anymore. Yeah. I mm. know my way around written chords. I can figure them out. Mm-hmm. I'm good at sight reading single lines. You I have a one track mind and I've been in choirs for a long time, so I can do that. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that's about the extent of it. Yeah. yeah. Stomping Jen, you took music theory. I did. Did you learn anything about music from it like that has informed your enjoyment or understanding of music? No, I was truly interested in it yeah. and I really loved learning about it and then yeah. the minute I left school and didn't do anything with it yeah. I've mm-hmm. promptly left my brain yeah Isabella has um, knowing music theory or studying it informed like your approach to music as an artist yes it basically the way that my um our college guitar teacher Steve Kirby described it is it's like having a toolbox and you're adding tools so when you learn a, a different uh, you know a, a modal uh, like a you know a different um, scale or a different way to form a chord on the guitar even though that might not be where the song starts you're giving yourself tools so in those moments where you don't know where it's supposed to go you can open your toolbox and say what if I tried this technique or what if I tried doing this kind of 5-7 or whatever it is that may help send you in the right direction and it also is good to know your way around theory so that you don't or at least for me so I don't get stuck writing the exact same things mm. so I have a lot of different uh, avenues of different sounds or different chord structures I can try if I feel like I'm being repetitive yeah yeah Isaac you were talking a little bit before about um you know that that moment where you might get stuck and you have to be willing to let it go um mm-hmm. are there are there creative techniques that you employ to maybe help you think about an idea differently or approach it from a different perspective? Um, I mean, I, I, I'm a person who likes uh, thinking about things a lot I, I like I just I like I like thinking <laughs> my, my, my cousin one time texted me something along the like you know I, I think this is true but I just want to like like make sure and I, I loved how he said it he said like you're, you're the kind of person who likes thinking about things right but like he capitalized thinking and things mm. um, and I think about too uh, but the point there is just like um, uh, I think I think it is that stepping back it is that space of like rumination it is that um um and this is obviously on a, on a more conceptual level, um, but uh, it is that, you know, that honoring the idea that whatever's in front of you has has a mass to it that you can't see yet. Mm-hmm. And that if you step back and are more gentle with your approach, you'll discover it. 
Um, it's like a stray dog. You can't just run at it screaming. You have to yeah, build yeah. up trust. And, you know, and I think also when it comes to the practical level, like I know whenever I have a lot of times I have lyrics and music, but I hate the melodies I'm coming up with. And once I get a melody that I, that I just keep singing, it gets stuck in my head and I have a lot of trouble kind of going off from it or finding something new. So I wait till Isaac's there and then I say, Hey, here are the lyrics. I'm going to play the chords. You sing over it because you're so good at coming up with melodies and you don't have, and you have obviously have a different musical mind than me. So your brain's going to go in different directions than mine will. And you won't get stuck in the same patterns that yeah. I do. So I love working with other musicians for that reason. Uh, or for what, one of the reasons is because I love, getting people's new takes and fresh yeah. perspectives on my uh writing so that's Al- something I like alternatively to do. on a super technical level uh like if you um are just finding yourself getting stuck uh a lot of the time the theory can help in like these small ways where like um like i tend to stuff a lot of words into one space Mm-hmm. So like even the simple idea of like Take I'm words. going to you know stretch this out. I'm gonna make each word be a much more emphasized thing by letting it take 20 seconds. Like I'm gonna sing yeah. through this whole word, and that's gonna be the entirety of the breath that I have. Yeah. And then we're gonna go to the next bit. Is like a massive and immediate. Yeah. Just like my, my my melody is going to be different then. It's kind of like I think it's what I want to say. Coco Chanel said, you know, you put everything on in the morning. You put all of your, you know, earrings, jewelry, whatever, you. and then you take one thing off. So you do everything, and then you start removing to pare it down to what's mm. important. Um, and it's kind of like that with songwriting. Like one of the big things is that you know, write with a lot of words. You have a lot of ands, that's, ifs, what's, buts, and then at the end, you just cross them all out. You get yeah. rid of them. You clear it up so that the message is. Uh, straight ahead you know you don't get bogged down with the messiness that comes out the first time you're creating something yeah yeah um i want to talk a little bit about your album we mentioned it before hell of a ride um talk to us about Mm -hmm. that how did how did that come about i think we were like on the phone i was like you want to do an album and you're like yeah sure (laughs) Um, I had a lot of songs. I had so many songs building up through the pandemic when I was alone and I couldn't really be working with other musicians. And I had so many songs that I wanted to either finish or polish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we would just sit out back in the backyard on our picnic blanket and sing through stuff. And, you know, Isaac would say, that one hits or that one could be something or like that one's not quite there. Um, and we started building up our what our album would end up being. Yeah. Um, I mean, it. I think it's also just um, another thing I love about music um, <laughs> is just uh, when someone makes an album, when, when an artist puts that much of themselves uh, out there, uh, regardless of how, you know, how much it's like a diary type thing, you know, regardless of how much someone is like, you know, I'm going to put my life out there. You're putting a lot of work into a piece of art that is extensive um, mm. and, that means it's going to be reflective in a lot of ways uh, of the environment uh, it was created within, yeah. of the part of your life that you were in when you were making it, yeah. of the arc you were going through at the time. <laughs> so there's just a lot of like kind of accidental, um, um, I'm blanking on the word, kind of accidental um, vulnerability, yeah, I will say, yeah. from like the sheer amount. Of, like I think Hell of a Ride captures it well. <laughs> Um, it was a hell of a ride to it make was that a hell of a album. Ride. <laughs> and like uh, the the title track uh, ended up being one that we like don't play, play. play the least often. Yeah. Like it, you know, it was a subversion of expectations through and through again and again. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And just, yeah. Did you 
ever question whether or not you should put out a full album in this day of singles? Like, I love the album. I love mm-hmm. sitting yeah. down and listening to an album from mm-hmm. beginning to end because I think mm-hmm. often um, it captures, like like you were saying, it captures a a place and a time for an artist. And I especially right. love albums that try to tackle bigger ideas, right? Uh, yeah. Like the concept album. Um, so I'm curious if you ever considered grappled with whether or not you should put out like a full album because this is like what like 12 songs or so like it's a full album yeah Yeah. i think so there's this is an interesting conversation that happens between a lot of musicians that i know it's that with the world we live in now with social media and the way that music is distributed and the way that artists gain and keep audiences there's these two different paths and of course lots of places in the middle but two very specific paths you can go on and one is doing the album let's say uh, an album every year or two you know uh, releases every year and in that way you get audiences that will sit down just like you said sit down and consume your work like that and really dive into the whatever the map is that you've kind of put out in front of them the other thing a lot of people talk about is how singles will keep people coming back you know you put out one thing you don't overwhelm them and then they come back the next month for another one they come back the next month for the other one mm-hmm. the issue with that is the po- problem of possible oversaturation yeah. of your audience of them not coming back because they just get tired of having to listen month after month so i think there's a lot of pros and cons to doing it all different ways yeah. but we ended up we recorded the album and as we were doing it we also put out live videos of some of the songs because yeah we hadn't performed or released anything before so it was an hey this is us now this is the thing we're doing to yeah. get people interested to build up to the album when, mm. and aside from all of the um uh kind of logistical mm-hmm. uh worries about you know like if you're putting out a a song every two weeks you know you're like you're pumping stuff out then by the time you you know start doing live shows the one of the songs on your set is going to be crazy old one of them's gonna be grand you know yeah, the, yeah aside from all the logistical troubles i think there's also just like two kind of groupings of objectives there's there's the objectives of um uh artistry which aren't necessarily i'm going to put out a whole album but they are i'm going to let whatever current project i'm on take however Perk long late. it needs yeah, yeah, to take yeah. um and then there are the objectives uh uh the you know sadly um inherent objectives um in, in my subjective opinion um <laughs> of of capitalism of you know i i want to play music and support us you know i, mm. I want to have an audience um and i also really want to create things for myself and things that are uh, emotionally relevant to me but I want people to respond enough that they want to keep coming yeah, back and listening yeah. for more. And and that group of objectives makes you want to put out more music more consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it makes you want to... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think when it came down to it for us, we just, you know, it was our first time diving into writing and recording songs together. And we wanted to almost do it in bigger chunks of time where we take yeah. three months to record and then a month to mix and then a month to, you know, distribute it. Um, because that gave us time to really settle in and figure out what we were doing musically. Like if we put out singles, I don't know if we'd know what our we would have known what our sound was from the beginning. We needed time to work through that and yeah. figure it out. And even now yeah. it's changing, you know. Yeah. So that gave us time to really find our voices within high T. Hmm. Do you feel like you're finding your audience after be starting to put stuff out there and get 
videos and you know i noticed you have a you know you you got a strong social media game like do you feel like oh, you're <laughs> <laughs> that's me at 7 a.m saying i need to put a picture Straight on up. our instagram on our feed yeah uh i think i'd love to say yes i'd love to think that people are responding and liking our music i think we've gotten a lot more uh, we've gotten to meet a lot more people and gain interest in our music through live shows yeah like that's the thing i love to do i love performing live i love getting to meet people after shows or seeing reactions real time to the music and i think that's a way we've gained um, a lot of followers and interest this past summer you know mm-hmm. absolutely i think live shows sorry no no go no I'm just basically going to second the thoughts. I think live shows are, 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 you know, kind of the ultimate, you know, you can put out music as much as you want, but standing in front of people and, mm-hmm. and seeing their genuine emotional reaction when, you know, in their mind, they're observing you and you are simply a figure doing your thing <laughs> is like wildly revealing, um, yeah. in yeah. a lot yeah. of ways. And builds yeah. that connection. Yeah. We, t- we talk about this a lot. No, I'm, um, I'm a, when you go back and you start pouring through our old episodes, um, Isabella and Isaac, you will learn. I'm somebody who, I hate a crowd, right? You hate a crowd? I, I am crowd-phobic. Um, and, Interesting. Yeah. And often that um, inhibits me from enjoying live music, right? What? Now, follow me here, Stomping Jen. Oh Just a minute. I'm telling a story. <laughs> okay. Now, yes, um, a couple years back before the pandemic, Stomping Jen says to me, I want you to go see Slayer with me. And I was like, mm-hmm. Slayer? I've never heard a Slayer song in my life. What are you talking about? I don't want to see this Slayer. Well, I went there um, because I'm going to be in trouble if I don't go. And um, this band starts playing, and they've got the Devils, and they've got all this stuff. It was one of the greatest, most fun shows I've Mm -hmm. ever seen. And it was like because you feel the music in your Uh body, and it's Mm -hmm. like blasting through you, and there are people around you. The energy of the crowd. Jumping around and doing devil horns and like you know it's there's, yeah. there was a mosh pit there's something about the live experience right mm-hmm. like Absolutely. some yeah and you know who has the more eclectic musical taste <laughs> <laughs> i won't answer that we've established Pink it Floyd um, versus slayer a battle <laughs> yeah um and and i think um you know even when i was you know even when i was watching you when you both play like there's something and i think this is Somehow in our DNA, like anthropologically, You're like talking about music, music, and and telling music. stories through music, mm-hmm. and we're we're drawn to it, mm-hmm. right? It's can I, yeah, can I go off in a weird kind of tangent? Yeah. What is it? Absolutely, <laughs> please do. So so my my life experience has um, been has largely revolved around. I'll try, I'll try to be in some way cohesive or concise here. <laughs> Um, has largely revolved around uh, tension and the release of tension. Mm. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I mean that in, uh, God, so many ways, but that's not even part of the tangent. So um, one of the things that I loved uh, about massage school was learning about um, muscles and how they store tension. Mm. Um, and a, a big thing that kind of uh, clicked into place at that point was realizing how uh, important vibration is. Mm-hmm. Um, vibration yeah. is the release of tension. Yeah. It, it is, you know. So when you're at a show, when you, when you're in a pluck crowd, a guitar yeah. string, you're going from tense to pulling it to one side and to letting, letting it, it go. go. Yeah. yeah. Like it is when it comes down to it, it, it and, and like that, you know, like like there are 
techniques, like massage techniques that involve literally just shaking someone, but trying to do it in this way where you're pushing their muscles in one direction just long enough that they decide to start rebounding back and then you're you know increasing the motion in that direction so that they rebound yeah. that way. Yeah. Basically, it's, it's, in, it's increasing vibration. And I think that's what draws us to music as an art is that it's not... Um, I mean, as an as a as an overarching category, it is sound art. It is mm-hmm. vibrations that, when they're big enough and vast enough, we can feel them going through yeah. our bodies. Yeah. yeah, and then you expand that to being in a if you like crowds. Yeah. And, <laughs> you can expand that to being in like a mosh pit or something and mm-hmm. feeling the collective. You are part of yes. a, an us. You are part of yeah. a whole group. You are, feeling yes. that exact same release of tension, yeah. the energy. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. So I'm just gonna interrupt because your tangent there's an actual <laughs> quote by one of my favorite artists what that is, is it? exactly that Ooh. you'd have to look it up but it's Maynard J- James Keenan Tool yes of yes. Tool mm-hmm. fame yeah and he said something similar about the friction like he has a whole quote about it like how you like take a string from a violin and you pull it and it's very taut and it's you know mm-hmm. across you'd have to look it up okay because I'm gonna butcher it I but it's you. exactly that <laughs> concept oh, yeah. of the you know the friction and the tension and the release of of yeah of sound yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah um when you go when you go to record a song i imagine that's a different thing than playing it live um yes. and and how do you how do you approach that differently i think oh god well <laughs> uh with honestly to be honest to be candid a lot more anxiety. I don't, when I play live, it is going to happen. It's going to happen in the moment and that moment is going to be done. And yes, people may capture on phones or something like that, but nothing beats the fact that you'll never play a song the same way you did in those three minutes. When you're recording, you're trying to capture that feeling perfectly almost, you know, you're trying to capture exactly at each moment what you, what you, what the epitome of that moment should sound like. And I think that that can add some anxiety to the process, but we don't we so we've always recorded we haven't recorded in a recording studio yet so we've not yet faced the time limit of you are paying to be there for a specific amount of time we record like next to our dining room table so we can be there for as long as we want mm-hmm. and that, that's really good in some ways and god that's bad yeah. in some ways. that's amazing to me because your 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 recordings sound amazing like they were done I, in the studio. Oh, I appreciate that. It was done literally in our living room <laughs> yeah. with one microphone, one Quite condenser a bit of microphone. Sweat and tears. Uh, and blood. <laughs> sweat, tears, blood, <laughs> anything blood else. Is probably blood <laughs> and my poor ears just got they fatigued by the end. But I learned so yeah. much about mixing and producing and engineering and all that stuff. And I learned I would never want to do that for a job. But <laughs> I appreciate the people who do so yeah. much. Um but yes, so the time that you get when you do the kind of recording we do, which was just solo, is wonderful. It's a blessing and a curse because you can do so much, but also where do you stop? Mm-hmm. When does it stop? When is it correct, you know? Um, and we found, we were able to find that sweet spot of, you know, knowing when to let go and let God, if you will, or just, you know, say, yes, this is it. This is what we sound like and this is what we want to sound like. Um, this process of recording our upcoming acoustic EP has been um, a bit... Uh, more relaxed just because we haven't we didn't want to get it out on a strict deadline and we don't have as many instruments as involved and you know the songs are a bit um, easier to record in my humble opinion they're not like loud or raucous and those are always easier to just record from the technical standpoint um 
but a whole different load of thoughts go into that compared to live performance. And it's really fun. It's almost like putting a puzzle together, <laughs> you know, figuring out where the pieces fit. Mm. I, I uh, respect uh, you're enjoying that as putting a puzzle together. Mm. Instead of just banging your head against the wall. <laughs> I, I, I would rather, any, any day, I will take the emotional experience of a live show over uh, trying to record and... Because again, it's that like you, you said. You said at one point, it's it's the letting go thing of mm-hmm. of just like you can't you can't grip on to it too hard, and I yeah. want to grip on so yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to make it perfect, and it's not gonna. Be It'll never perfect. be perfect. It will be. You know, it'll be what it's supposed to be yeah. at some point, and exactly. it's about fine-tuning yourself to know where when that moment is. Yep, Isaac, I've I've um, I've heard you say it here in our conversation, and, and I've heard it with my own ears. The importance of harmonies, right, and between you yeah. two when you're recording a song and not performing live. Do you sing together, or do you lay your tracks down separately? So this is my dream. Uh, will until it happens be? Um, being in a in a studio where we are balanced well and can both be singing at the same time. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, tragically, we lay our harmonies down one at a time because we have um, one yeah. microphone. <laughs> yeah, but I I would love to. I I oh yeah absolutely. I, it 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 pains me to not not to be in the three dimensional space when I am mixing, if you will, with my own ears and my yeah. attempts at dynamics. Yeah, yeah. So that must be such a feeling of um, release in a way to be able to get together and sing those songs live with each other, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the easy answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> it is always so fun. And I think even though we've only been playing music together now for about a little bit more than a year, since we know each other so well, we just, I could follow you, your lead. And I know like if you're going to add a new harmony in or a little run or something, we are able to play off of each other in a way that I, that it can be rare in bands unless you've been playing for a long time. So I always really appreciate um, that we are able, you know, that we work on that skill and try and do that in our live performances. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was going to be a question of mine was how mm-hmm. the friendship, which you I think you told us before, goes back quite a ways, informs the yeah. um, the artistic relationship. And I think yeah. I heard the answer to that, mm-hmm. Stomping Jen. Mm-hmm. Now, are, this is are, are you concerned? Like, how do you how do you keep your friendship healthy? Mm. Like, because you hear <laughs> you know you, you hear about Simon and Garfunkel breaking up. I mean, you, we yeah, don't we don't yeah. want this high tea Metallica breaking up. Metallica had to go to therapy. <laughs> Metallica had to go to therapy. Oh, to be that like my favorite arc ever. I love that. Are you? Are, I, think, I mean, yeah. are you conscientious of the 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 stresses that the artistic relationship mm. might place on the friendship? And are you? Do you try to take care of that too? I think we have to, we've had to work and are still working on learning where like what that kind of business line is. Like we have this thing when we go to shows, we're like business, business. We like shake hands. It's like you enter, even though you're obviously still as comfortable as you would be if you were sitting on the couch watching Netflix, you can mentally go into a different space of being in the shoes of you know artistic yeah. partners. Um, when, and yeah. it's you know it's 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 when you go in to try to accomplish an objective with. Uh, yeah, I'm making this sound really rigid, but it, you know, when you go in to accomplish something, you know, with, with a group of people or even with just one other person, like there are going to be little bits you, you know, not even necessarily disagree on, but you different know, don't find yourselves in the same places immediately. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So like you have to be communicating about 
I mean, everything constantly, yeah. um, which when is I, also yeah. just what I believe you have to do to keep a relationship healthy. <laughs> and I think also, again, because we know each other such a long time, it's much easier, for instance, than I, I'm in other, another band where I don't know the members as well. So it's not like I'm ever going to be like, that's a stupid idea. And not, I hope I don't do that with you, but I am much more relaxed and saying like, oh, this is so frustrating. You're God, I hate yeah. this song in a way that I won't be if I'm with people that I don't know as well. Mm. And you like want to almost kind of keep up a good energy. And so we've had, we've worked on making sure we're still, you know, not feeling so comfortable enough to, you know, not want to make sure we're, or want to make sure we're really respecting each other as musicians and not just relying yeah. on friendship to carry us through. Because, you know, when, when it comes down to it, like, as I said before, like, like, like this is just another form of expression. This mm-hmm. is sound as expression. This yeah. is like language without the, you know, logistics of, individual definitions like your your dynamic is going to come through when you yeah, make music yeah. together it's just gonna and like i remember one of the f- uh, pieces of feedback i got from my parents when we first were performing live and not doing live streams was my mother said you guys are only looking at each other on stage you gotta look at the <laughs> audience because we realized like, yeah. we were so comfortable being up there together and we've been doing live streams from the floor of our you know apartment for so long and got used to just it being the two of us sharing music that we had to kind of break out of that comfort zone and push ourselves to bring in the other people in the room into the dynamic and into the music in the moments that we were hopefully creating. Yeah. Hmm. That's awesome. I think I understand this stuff. I know. Jen. I was just going to say, we should shake hands when we sit down at the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> I sure mean, because we're, I, I mean, we're married. That's not a secret. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we, Don't tell my husband. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you, like, we're what? <laughs> yeah. You've got me wondering though, if we've got, if I pick this pseudonym of uh, Sawtooth Frank and you're stomping Jen so we can like have a separation here when we sit down yeah. at this, this yeah. board. Hmm. Interesting. What do you think? Interesting. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I, I you do just... like to look at me a lot. And you I don't... do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Different on podcasts. No one. No one's tracking your eyes. You can look wherever you want. <laughs> yeah. I, I. I do also just think it's 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 really great to um, like I had a a, a, a random FaceTime with with my uncle uh, some months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just really awesome because I I had realized I'd I'd never really gotten to interact with him. Um, outside of the social ties that you know we grew up grew up with um like i i knew him as my uncle um i didn't know him as a person and like <laughs> that sounds weird i know, no, I, I, know you know I don't mean to make the sense. assumption that sense. everyone <laughs> yeah. but, but like i think we we occupy we occupy slots in in each, each other's, other's lives yeah. and you know you grow up as a as a pattern seeking human looking for ways that you can identify what someone is and how they will behave and, and then stuff you add like another and, facet to who they are in yeah. your life and it's a whole new so like journey. realizing that someone so my my i just i i like close to the end of the call i said something about like i i realized that he had a bunch of degrees and like, I didn't even know what degrees he had. Like, I just knew he was really smart and like, yeah. like you know, well and yeah. stuff. And I was like, you know, I, I, I'd love to hear more about that. And he basically responded with like, I'm actually glad you don't like, that's what everyone sees me as. Um, yeah. I write on yeah. resumes, yeah. all of my degrees. And that's mm. what I am. Mm. When people meet me, they already know about the degrees, but they don't know anything about, you know, who I am emotionally. Yeah. So it's kind of great to be seen from the perspective, ways. yeah. So, so I don't know. I, for what it's worth, I think it's 
it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I know I know this 22-year-old's perspective means a ton just to, just to come, okay. but I don't know. I think it's I think it's awesome to get to know uh, the people you're closest to, uh, you know, with ways. that, you know, yeah, I veil love that. of yeah, yeah. pseudonym. Do you perform in front of your parents or other people who have known you a long time? And is that strange for you in any way? Hmm. Interesting question. <laughs> I want to know your answer. <laughs> my answer is that yeah, my parents have been seeing me perform and knowing that this was my life path for a very long time, and they did a wonderful job supporting me while not uh, stage parenting in a sense. Like my mom always made it clear she's like, if you want to do this, I will help you do this. But if you ever want to stop, you just tell me. You know, it was that if I wanted to do it, they wanted me to do it well and put my all into it. You know, and be serious about it. But it was never. You know, I never had to do any specific thing. And I think she grew up not knowing exactly what she wanted to do in it. You know, like we, again, we were talking about career paths. She went down a lot of different ones before finding what she actually really liked to do. So she wanted me to make sure, wanted to make sure I knew I had that space. Yeah. But that being said, they always supported me through all the music stuff. They were always there for every show. You know, just recently as I, you know, started college and did, went through that, that they learned there's a new, they took a new, you know, place in my world of just, you know, not always being there and me, you know, carrying my own weight on that. But they are still there at a lot of performances and they've gotten to see us and me grow musically in a lot of different ways. And I think because of that, their uh, feedback and their views are some of the most important in my life because they know me musically more than almost anyone else except for myself and even sometimes more than I do because they're able to see all the things that I've done and I'm doing and want to do. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I... Like I'd say yes and and no, uh, and specifically to, to whether it's it's weird, uh, mm -hmm. just because like you you get like I I think uh, you know especially on sometimes on wow sorry <laughs> on some songs more than others, uh, but I think that like when you're being honest on a stage, you know it, it the eyes the wind of the soul is like an annoyingly overused expression that is also just very true so accurate yeah. um and like I, I think i think when you're on stage and you are feeling a song and you are you know telling a story and you are feeling those emotions like it can be um really comfortable um and even comforting to be uh emoting to someone who you already feel safe with to you know to mm -hmm. to uh, I'm, I'm I'm one of the lucky ones who really like my parents, um, and that's like it makes it a really special experience even to to get to perform to them. I think um, the interesting conversation it may not be parents, but it's when you're performing a song to the person it's about. Yeah. That's an, and sometimes it can be about family. I've written yeah. a lot of songs about my family. You know, none of them none of them are diss tracks. I'm not being mean, but still, you're sharing uh, inner thoughts about either people or relationships that you may not say to their face in any other situation. And suddenly, you are on a stage with the lights on you, and they're sitting there watching. And that that is a strange experience. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even if it isn't about them directly performing to someone who you know who might not be uh, comfortable with the emotions coming at them can be mm, a really yeah. scary thing because you can put people off pretty easily. Absolutely. Yeah. So. That's a risk that you take as an yeah. artist, right? Mm. Yeah. Definitely. Do you, um, Isaac, you described your, your business business kind of um, ritual you do, you know, <laughs> when you go to do a show. Do you do any other kind of like pre-show rituals? Like do you... 
I don't know, stand on your stand on your head and eat an, or- <laughs> eat an orange or something like that. Oh, let's I see. Wish. I we always I like that usually when we it's a longer drive. There's always some song that we end up jamming out to. Or like this is our release song. This is the song we're gonna kind of like shout to. Or you know like whether it's I don't know. We did some pup I think driving to yeah. our show in uh, Boston this past week. Or just you know finding nice ways to release tension or release any kind of anxiety and just get into the mood of moving your body and feeling the music. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to think what else. You eat. <laughs> you like you I, eat. You're I like, eat I'm hungry. If we're about to play, I eat if we're not about to play. Yeah. That's <laughs> I just eat. That's I eating is just your constant state. Yeah. Eating's great. But I think um just a tangent about musicians that I really appreciate and respect in their ways that they prepare for um performances. There is a folk band called the Neils, mm-hmm. which is made up of the mom of another bandmate of mine and um her sister. And they've been around for a oh, long yeah. time. They are fantastic. Yeah, the yeah, they're from the area, Katrina and Narissa. Um, and so we've, uh, my other band opened for them a few times when we were younger and I'd always watch kind of what their pre-show rituals were. And Narissa would be, you know, outward with people walking around doing her, um, warmups, but then always right before the show, she would end up sitting quietly in a corner of the green room, eating like a salad and just kind of going, going into herself, going inside of her mind and just kind of shutting out everything else and centering before the show. And I think that that is so important, no matter what kind of music you're playing, I love to have that moment where I just breathe and I say, okay, I'm here, I'm present, and I'm ready to do this. You know? I would yeah. expand that to yeah. no matter what you're doing, whether yeah. you're playing music, whether you're, I don't know, giving a speech is for some reason what came to my Going brain. to the grocery store, Going whatever grocery it is. Store. Taking that moment day. to center yourself yeah. is important, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, like, it's like when they say, you know, dress for the job you want or like, yeah. you know, yeah. like if you work from home, like don't work in your pajamas like dress for work of mine yeah yeah which i do all the time yeah honestly yeah it's terrible it's terrible yeah um do you so do you consider yourselves like a western massachusetts band now that you're living here and working here like where do you where you where are your roots as a band how do you where do you think of yourself as a band I, Massachusetts is the easy. Mass. Well, I say Massachusetts in general because your roots are so strongly, I think, within the city, and we perform there a lot yeah. as well. But we have, I think, I mean, we recorded our first album out here. We're recording our exactly. EP out here. So these are probably where our roots of now are. Yeah. yeah. But they move with us. They move with our music, you know? So I, we I hope guess. to, I would hope to expand so that they're all over, you know, New England and the country and, you know. All of that. But yeah. yeah. Before we play um, a song off your album, I want to ask you: um, what are the what are the most challenging parts about playing live? Like, mm. are there like moments when you're up there and a, a bug flies up your nose? <laughs> like, yes, like literally, <laughs> yes. I'm at actually at the show that you yeah. oh saw us at. There the mosquitoes were, so were crazy, and a bug flew in my <laughs> mouth, and it did not come out. And I don't really want to focus on that or reflect <laughs> on it. Yeah. But those things happen um let's see i've gotten a lot of hair stuck in my mouth or just like stuck in my eyelashes or going the wrong way um my answers are much more uh <laughs> zoned in on social anxiety but yeah. <laughs> um i i think we're bizarre uh as a species and i think we do a lot of weird things and it's very easy for me to find myself in a space where i'm thinking about that and yeah. then overanalyzing the way I do everything, uh, including yeah. making eye contact with people. Yeah. And then I'm just like looking around, like trying not to, but also trying to just enough. And then I'm like, oh, how much eye contact should I be making? Should I be timing this? And I'm like, I don't know what the fucking words are. Oh, I have to start funny. in a second. Yeah. Um, 
That's so, funny. That's funny. but uh, I think the other yeah. thing is that we do. Uh, there have been a few times where we both start talking. We're like, ah, oh, ah, you know, and yeah. you but kind of both start That's saying something, great. and you're like, oh, you go, oh no, you go, please, you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I am a uh, a firm believer um, uh, uh, to self righteous levels in uh, the idea that we should all be uh, socially able to. Um, take up the space that we take up. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. I, I, get on stage, do your thing. Exactly. So if you <laughs> whatever that thing might that be, absolutely mindset. It's yeah. Pretty easy. It's a brave thing to do. And you two mm-hmm. are really great at it. I have to say, um, <laughs> we, we very much appreciate that. Uh, what song do you want? want what song do you want me to play? I want to get, this is an artist's <gasps> oh, choice. No, oh, I've God. got your, I've got your <laughs> album up here. Album. Ooh. Well, let's see. The oh, live song good. was our more soft folky side, but we could show a little bit more of our, uh, Our rock sure. inside. Long gone? We can do Long Gone. Let's All do right. Long Gone. Long Gone. All right, let me pull it up here. All right, folks, this, we're going to play High T's Long Gone. And if you want to, we can just let it play. And if you want to jump in and say anything while it's playing, feel free. Oh, I'm, I'm going to sit and okay. listen. I'm not going to say anything, but um, we'll just let it play. Ready, okay. Stomping Jen? Sounds good. All right, here we go. I'm going to play this. Hopefully it works. Let me just, um, oh, it's muted. Okay, here we go. I've been feeling spaced out in this room. Can't seem to kick it. Can you help me out? I've been getting up and going through all the motions. But I'm checking out, oh, wasted heart I feel like it's the start Stock up at Mini Mart Night driving in my car, oh I need some space, you know I need some space This drippy, drippy world isn't quite to my taste Get it started, hey, get it baby Get the engine, get that engine heavy Trying to kick it, I'm trying to kick it The one thing I have to say is that the music video has us on tricycles. So if anyone's interested in that, please check it out on our YouTube channel. <laughs> we now have to. Yes. Oh, yes.
get it started, baby. Get the engine, get that engine heavy. Tryna kick it. I love that bass. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that was a fun part to record. <laughs> and um, how many tracks was that? Like oh on God, top of so it, so many, dude. So many. <laughs> it was the vocals. There were so many vocals because I remember we recorded. I did the harmonies, and then I was like, "I'm gonna just like stand way far away from the microphone and shout and see if that works." And it did. Yeah. <laughs> it felt very cool. stupid standing alone, just like shouting on the middle of a Tuesday, <laughs> but. No, we had a lot of fun with that one. Yeah, that's super cool. That's cool. I love that. Um, I have to say this. One of my, this is going to sound weird coming from me, given the way I look. <laughs> one of my favorite singers is Justin Bieber. I love his voice. I, I was it. picking some Bieber vibes up there at the beginning. Oh, so like really yeah. smooth, like. <laughs> we were listening to the Biebs in the car this Were you? Morning. With the kids? <laughs> yeah, with the kids. Yeah. Um, and I, I have I, I love his voice. Oh, I love it. What's that song? Um, Which one? Good timbre. Uh, my mama don't like you. Oh, you love she that song. Everyone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It reminded me a little of that song. It popped into my head. Woo. Um, not the melody, but just oh, we'll take just the it, yeah. smoothness of your voice in that. Yeah. And Isaac, you were really um, you were really centered in that song there. Trying, yeah, yeah. I think the great thing about being in a band in general, because it's so easy uh, in everything in life, it's so easy to do something yourself. And you're like, ah, oh, that's not good enough. You, we can hype each other up. Like I hear yeah. something, I'm like, hell yeah, oh my god, yeah. I'm like losing my mind over the vocals. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think it's awesome. It's especially <laughs> awesome. helpful in that space of home recording where it's like, this is yeah. the seventh take. I and hate I still gotta shout it. Yep, absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> we're gonna try. You got yeah. me in the back and just like, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> now, could you, um, can you play a song like that live? It, you know, uh, do you have the, can you do the arrangement? Well, we, so we, we went through a whole (laughs) journey this summer of trying like a drum pad and trying, you know, backing tracks Mm -hmm. and we did it and see, cause we love doing these. And that's another thing about home recording is you have all the time to do all these layers. And then when it's you on a stage, you have four hands between you and that's it. So we tried doing backing tracks with our drum pad and it just kind of felt flat in my opinion in a way that just doing full live music doesn't when you're like a smaller band on smaller stages not you're not like in a stadium with an Uh awesome sound system exactly so we found ways we've basically taken those songs and found ways to perform them live but they are very different than the recorded tracks and that's one reason why we want to do an acoustic ep that more aptly describes what we do on stage Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah That's awesome. But it's still fun to record and pretend you have, you know, yeah. yep. 30 different people playing instruments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, so we have the acoustic EP coming out. When do we think that's mm-hmm. going to be available for us to listen That'll to? That'll probably be in November. Oh, that's soon. Does it have a name yeah. yet? Are you still working on the name? It doesn't. It's probably gonna be something around cowboys. That's the that's the hint we'll give. Okay. We were we were we were we were thinking about our um, album art, and we were like, "Assless chaps, are we gonna go that far? <laughs> we'll see." Mm. So stay tuned to see how I spicy we get on this new one. Well, if you, if you need a model, Stomping Jen is available. What? No. <laughs> no. Nobody wants to see that. Thank you very much, Krish. <laughs> 
I do. Preach. You can see that upstairs. You don't need to have it on the cover of somebody's <laughs> album. Now we say goodnight. We're gonna cre- we're, we're creeping out. We're gonna creep out high tea. Let's stop. <laughs> Where's your favorite place to play? Like, where do you like to go? We love Club Passim. I speak right. the Royal yeah. We. I know. Yeah. But uh, we we both really love playing Club Passim in Cambridge. Passim mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. pretty great. Um, for logistical reasons, for nostalgia reasons, for me, I went to middle school in in Harvard Square. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Um, so like, I just have a lot of memories of walking literally yeah. past Passim. And, yeah. and the thing about Passim is you can hear people who are playing Well, they pump outside. it. They pump it. They put they, a speaker yeah, out so yeah. they share the music with everybody Which else. Is great. Mm. And also, I just had a, a, so many melancholy, you know, I don't really want to get on the tee and go home yet after So you'd sit outside just, and listen. Oh, I hope someday <laughs> I get to do that. And, and then I actually did, and it was kind of fucking crazy so yeah That's and awesome. then for the home the home yeah. roots plug out here hawks and reed i love those guys i love that venue that place is awesome Absolutely. for playing and experiencing live music in for greenfield yeah. yeah cool nice all right so we have the album and it sounds like we have a bunch of shows right throughout the year shows. Yep. yes follow shows. us on bands in town or on instagram we post like crazy um it's either high tea or high tea band yes those are the two options so we're all over the place follow us on tiktok we're figuring that out <laughs> yeah and if you're in um if you're listening uh, to this podcast, which I know you are, right? I'm talking to the listener, Stomping Jen, <laughs> who I know is listening. Uh, right. we, we, if, you, if, if they're not listening, it's a problem. How do we solve this problem <laughs> right. if they're right. not this listening? This is like a Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. I'm fa- yeah, right? <laughs> yeah um, uh, all of these links will be in our show notes, people. Correct. Right? Yes. And listen, I'm going to say something that might be unpopular with some of our listeners. If you don't subscribe to this Apple Music, and even if you do, go buy this album, you scoundrels. <laughs> it's excellent. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Thank You'll you. enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, as we're going to wind into our last, as we last couple of questions, I just wanted to give you an opportunity. Anything, anything else you wanted to talk with us about that we didn't cover, or anything you want to make sure we hit? Oh, the floor is ours. Oh, God. This is normally when I start talking about vibrations. And oh, tension, my God. But we are oh, my God. Can you tell which of us writes the to-do lists and which of us meditates? I think it's very easy to tell. No, I mean, hey, we just, I, I'm also, for me, I love playing music. I love playing music with this guy. I love playing music in general. And I'm just so grateful that we are in a world where we can share that. And, you know, COVID also really showcased for a lot of things, but, you know, in my life, how much music and sharing music with people meant to me. I did a whole thesis on it in my in my senior year. And getting to do it again has just reinstated how freaking important that is to me and how much of my life revolves around that. So I'm just happy yeah. to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the, I mean, this experience speaks for itself. Like, you, you the amount of... Uh, Honestly, not only the amount of places you can go um, um, just off of art, um, if you just uh, start doing it and, and, oh God, I don't want to simplify because obviously there are about a million ways that, um, you know, it can be difficult to to do this kind of thing. Um, But, um, you know, when you make connections and and when Mm -hmm. you, when you, uh, start relationships with I'm an artist with you know someone interacting with your art um, it's just it's awesome yeah it's mm, great yeah. we do it to share yeah, yeah. yeah. that's awesome thank I'm, you for sharing I'm with giving us. you one of these 
All right, we're gonna move it. We're gonna move into our last two fun questions. Um, All right. I, I like to see them as fun, stomping Jen. Right, oh. they're fun questions. Sure. All right. Um, okay. So you can't answer music. Um, what do you like to do <laughs> when you're not? Um, I know you. Playing yeah, music, know. or you know, or doing, Wait, or, or working. How Let's do you answer for each other and see if we get it Ooh. right? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna guess. I think. Well, I'm, mine for you is gonna be skateboarding. No you love yeah. skating. Yes. That's like your release of tension. You love doing it. You're good it's at it. Accurate. So that's uh, mine for you. Yeah. What's mine? Um, just the, the <laughs> there's cat, a right answer. No, I'm kidding. There's, there's no, a I don't right know. answer. <laughs> I don't know. Um, decorating things to be Halloween themed. I do love Halloween. No matter what time of the year. It is. <laughs> it's true. Um, journaling. That's the one I was thinking of. Yes. That was the only yeah. thing of. Um, and the call out Gilmore Girls. Oh, listen, I've, <laughs> yeah, listen um, I've watched Gilmore Girls a few too many times. No, I love journaling. Yeah, I love journaling, and I'm not I'm not I'm not for. a good visual artist, you know. And I have chicken scratch handwriting, as my parents call it. But I still love doing that in my free time. Mm. <laughs> all right, um, excellent answers. Thank you. Um, <laughs> all right, um, this last question. Now, one of you is going to benefit because you're going to get a few minutes to think about it. Oh yes, right. And I'm I'm going to start with Isaac because I think he's going to have an answer <laughs> right away. I just. <laughs> I've got a feeling now after talking to you for some time. I think I know you. So we're going to test this. All right. uh, What have you experienced that you cannot explain? Wow. That's a great one. I'm going to give you some mystical music to help you. Um, I mean, my my favorite experience that I cannot fully explain, um, though there are many... Because, God, I, I can't explain shit in the grand scheme of things. Um, <laughs> is, uh, I mean, I like time distortion. Uh, the the most evident example uh, has been, like, one time I was, I, I have this vague memory. It was a Christmas thing and it was during Christmas vacation. And I went to sleep and I, 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 like, remember being really tired and closing my eyes. And as my eyes closed and my head hit the pillow, I woke up and, like, the night had passed. Mm. Um, I don't know how neurology works or how our perception of sleep time works, but it seemed like no time had passed. And I knew that I had just gone to sleep. And I also knew that the sun was up, so it couldn't have been like that. And on a, on a, on a, you know, more common level than that, I lose track of time constantly. (laughs) Um, and I say lose track of time, but, uh, it, really is a much more distinct emotion in that um, you feel timeless and like it could have been five minutes since you sat down or it could have been three hours or a day and you're not really sure if you're hungry or if that's just the normal (laughs) gnawing of, I don't know. I like time distortion and I cannot (laughs) explain it. (laughs) That's a great answer. Thank you. What about you, Isabella? Yeah, what about me? (laughs) I think so. There's, I, I, there is a word for this feeling. I looked it up once, but I, I still don't think that it aptly describes how it feels. But I realized at a point that there are things, like everyday things, like I think the first thing I realized was a pineapple that I never fully looked at. Like there are things, or a toaster. There are things that I realized I never actually looked at and like absorbed and perceived. It just has always been there. They're just like, or the couch in my parents' house. Like it always been there. I used it. It had been there my whole life, but I'd never actually looked at it. Looked at the kind of feet it had. Looked at the color it was. And that feeling when you realize that is so strange and disconcerting. And I can't explain 
why my brain, like why it does that or why you realize like I've never fully seen this thing or this person if you want to get it to a bigger, more, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you know, larger scale thing, but just realizing how you might have missed things that have been around you always. So I love it. that's Thank mine. You. <laughs> Thank you both for answering that question. I really appreciate it. We learned so much by asking people that question, Stomping Jen. And they didn't get angry at us. Nobody gets angry. Oh, we've angry? had nobody gets angry. We've had guests get angry. <laughs> nobody has gotten. Angry. I've seen flashes like, of anger. They, they throw their headphones down, stomp out of their own apartment. <laughs> like, I won't answer this. I've seen we've we've had people on the hook squirming for minutes what? with that question. We'll I talk. Know we'll your talk. Answers. Oh well, shit! I feel like you all you you immediately get like you're not you're not yeah. it's not. Like, what's your favorite thing that's kind of mysterious or that's kind of inexplicable? It's what's your favorite thing that you can't explain? Mm -hmm. Like, already, you got to accept that you can't explain some shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's your in the ego. <laughs> I like that you asked me that question. No one has asked that before. That's not before. true. Somebody asked. Who? I don't remember who it was. but you've Did met. I answer it? Yeah. What did I say? I don't remember. Well, I have an answer. No. Real quick. Real quick. Mm -hmm. I sometimes wonder, like... Um, when I sit down behind this board, I be you know it's like I I gain this ability I think to be able to do this and like outside of this I can barely function I can't talk to a person That's for two hours true. I can't I literally I wouldn't <laughs> be able lying. to no I can't explain that <laughs> something happens it's like the lights and like the mm -hmm. the microphones mm -hmm. and like that that feeling of conducting something you know what I mean yeah, yeah. stomping Jen. <laughs> oh geez, it's gonna be a rough night here in the soft serve podcast oh, household. <laughs> okay. Did you get those assless chaps? Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> the chaps. I All can't right. explain that. <laughs> okay, um, Isabella and Isaac from High Tea. Thank you for talking Thank with you us. So much. Um, I really, I really enjoyed this conversation um, yes. and in learning about the amazing people behind the music. Um, and um, we're going to be keeping an eye on you. So, you know, hopefully once, you know, hopefully you'll, you can come back on here and, yeah. you know, later in the year and oh, we yeah. can come back to the belt absolutely. anytime. Have you play some more music? Um, oh, absolutely. Stomping Jen, help, help remind me, what do we need to do now? We need to tell our listeners some stuff, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so um, if you like our, episodes yeah what do they need to do subscribe right download right. share with a friend share with a friend right tell leave a friend a about us right leave us a review on apple podcasts that helps uh -huh. that engage helps. with us on social media yeah maybe uh by the time this one is out our website will be up it's a possibility i mean it could happen this year we had a photo Ooh. shoot we had a photo <laughs> shoot the other I, night that's yeah. exciting yeah i was wearing a fur uh, some kind of fur jacket yes that's true right not me though you weren't um <laughs> anyways all right um so look for that look for pictures of me in a fur <laughs> um hi t seriously thank you so much mm -hmm. isabella isaac um uh we have a tradition of going around here and saying bye now, right? That's our yeah. sign-off stomping, That's Jen. Right. So maybe you guys can do an acapella bye now of some kind. Uh, you can sing it to bye us. Now, acapella. Bye now, acapella. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like I'm like a J.J. Wentworth news. You know, <laughs> my commercial. problem is that every commercial like that filters into 
we are farmers, bum ba dum bum bum. Oh my gosh. For me, no matter what I hear it as JJ Wentworth, bum ba dum bum 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 bum. And I don't know what that is. Okay, focus. We have to say goodbye. Focus. We can't keep the people. It's bye now. Yeah. I you could just go bye now. Bye now. Will that work? Ready? Bye now. Oh, there you I go. love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. That was amazing. And um, after, we're, after we're done with the outro music, you two hang out just for a bit um, until yeah. it ends yeah. playing. Um, Stomping Jen, give me a bye now. Bye now. All right, folks, you heard it. Um, I'm getting the final bye now. So oh. um, do you want the final one? No, you can have it. All right. Um, bye now. <laughs> This world of ours, ever growing smaller, must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate. Those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibility. That all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity. And that the sources, scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made disappear from the earth. And that in the goodness of time, all peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect and love. I shall never cease to do what little I can to help the world advance along that road. 